Well, good morning. Uh, that was kind. Uh, what he didn't mention, and maybe you just perceived as me being a college student, is that uh, when my husband and I were here, we were not much more than kids. Um, and for some of you, maybe I still am, and that's okay as well. But uh, we're back here today, and I'm back here talking about being a mom, um, which just seems crazy to me and really makes me realize the faithfulness of God. Just the faithfulness of God. God, how he prepares us uh, in unknown places of our lives, how he prepares us even in obscurity. And I just think back to the time that we were here and the ways that the Taylor family loved us uh, despite um, our childish ways. I don't have time to go into all of the, the things that we did here that I look back on and I'm like, oh my gosh, they still loved us. Um, some of them include like, um, in partnership with my husband, almost torching all of Silver Creek when we did a bonfire back in the bowl. It was the first bonfire that we had ever really done and you could see the flames um, above the bowl from, from here. I don't even know if you know about that, but there was a moment that we were wondering, oh no, oh no, it's all going up. Um, I know the, the hub uh, used to be a different sort of area, and I got to pick the paint colors at one point, and, and I thought I was picking a beige, and it was indeed pink, and we had volunteers paint the entire hub area a pink, and <laughs> um, Pastor Kevin graciously came back with another team, and while I wasn't here, repainted it. It was a good choice. It was a good choice, and I just think of, uh, I was the administrative assistant here for a while, and there was one time someone came in that was angry, and uh, angry with Pastor Kevin and had some words, and I wasn't sure what to do in that kind of conflict, and so I hid underneath the desk. <laughs> and I remember he came out afterwards and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I wasn't sure what to do, so I just made myself invisible. <laughs> But they still loved us, and now we're, we're here back today, and um, it's just such a privilege to be here. Uh, we love the UP. We're in central Wisconsin now, but we love the UP, and uh, it's been so wonderful. A shout out to Jean and Jim uh, for allowing us to stay in their beautiful home. I hope I get a chance to meet you today if you're here. Um, it's just been lovely with, with our kids. And... Uh, we just, we did a carb and coffee tour of Marquette yesterday, which is just lovely. There are places in this world that don't have bagel shops, and so you guys are privileged, and we always try to fill up when we come uh, back here. Um, but I just want to uh, clear a few things up, because I know that as I come to this stage, I need a little bit of street credit. And so I just want to let you know that we, one, love the UP, and two, we recognize that this is God's country. All right, so if I'm going to declare the word of the Lord today, you just need to know that we're on the same page as that, and so you can listen to, to what I, I have to say. But mostly, I just want to share my story with you today, and that's what Pastor Kevin asked me to do, and I just want to say as a disclaimer that my story of being a daughter and being a mother, uh, it, is, it is a mixed bag. It is not a story that can be tied up in a nice, neat bow um, with, you know, a peachy uh, beginning or ending or in between. Mother's Day is the holiday I think of where I come to uh, the, the card section and there is no Mother's Day Hallmark card that fits my story. And maybe some of you can relate with that this morning. 
But this I know, that God is a story creator. He is a story creator, and my prayer today, and as I was preparing, is that he would use my story to impact your story. You see, I'm fascinated with the idea of innovation. With innovation, because innovation happens when something new is created through the intersection of two seemingly unrelated things and they cross, and something new is made. Think of peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter was in its lane, jelly was in its lane, and someone had the bright idea, maybe it was even a mistake, to cross it, and we got peanut butter and jelly. And today, I hope that you experience an innovation in your soul and in your life as my story intersects your story, and God creates something new within you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them with conviction, you have a story. That wasn't very strong, so you need to turn to your other neighbor and tell them with conviction, you have a story. All right, very good. If you can take out uh, your connection guide or your bulletin, I'm not sure what you, what you call it here, uh, the thing you received when you came in, uh, and go ahead and open to the note sections. You'll see a blank area at the top. And I want you to grab a pen or a pencil and go ahead and draw a big plus sign in that blank area. A big plus sign. This plus sign is created by the intersection of two lines. And today, for the next few minutes, this plus sign represents your innovation moment. Your innovation moment, where this morning God will create something new in you. And when he does, it may not be an audible voice, but it will be a sense in your heart and in your mind. I want you to write it down. Because I have words to share with you, but what's more important is the words that God is speaking through me that will land on you in a way that's meaningful to you. And I want you to write those down today in that space near that plus sign. Well, my story begins with my lineage. My lineage is such that three generations before me, the firstborn women were born with a debilitating mental illness. A debilitating mental illness. That means that as far as I can remember my heritage, my great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother all had debilitating mental illness. And when my mom became pregnant with me, she was a self-medicated woman that was in an abusive relationship who thought it not best to bring new life into the world. In fact, she was told it would not be best to bring a new life into, the world, into this world. But for some reason beyond herself, she said yes to my life. And now at the time that she said yes, she was not ready to be a mother. And so she chose foster care for me until she could get a few areas of her life on track. And I'm so thankful today on Mother's Day for families who say yes to that area, who may or may not be biological parents, but they say yes to foster care. 
And to those mothers, I honor you today. But there was something in my foster family's life that my mom noticed was different, that she wanted for herself. And that thing that she noticed that was different was their faith in Jesus Christ. And so she began to pursue that the only way that she knew how to. She got involved in a local church, and it was there over time that she committed her life to Jesus Christ. And in that church, just like this church today, she found spiritual moms. And some of those spiritual moms, they had had uh, biological children of, of their own that were grown and out of the house. And some of these women had never even had children and to this day still don't. But they took my mom in. And they, they, did, they said, you don't have to be biological for me to love you like a mother. And so they began to love her and care for her and speak into her. And church, today, we need more spiritual mothers and fathers in the church. Because here's the reality. Would you ever take children and put them into a building by themselves as brothers and sisters and say, have a good time figuring it out? It would be a recipe for disaster, right? There needs to be an adult. There needs to be a parent figure. And in the same way, the church needs that as well. And just as in the process of becoming a father and a mother in life, there's never a perfect time to become a mom or dad, is there? I mean, if we waited for the perfect time to become a mom or a dad, we are our uh, humanity would erase itself, right? I mean, there's just never a time, a perfect time to have a child. And in the same way in the church, there's never a perfect time to become a spiritual mother or a spiritual father. But I would call to you today, this church needs you to rise up as spiritual mothers and fathers of the faith. And so it was at this church that I came to know God first in my young years and then again in a very transformational way as a teenager. And after three years of my mom preparing herself to be a mother, we were reunited and I was able to live with her. Now my mom had many limitations as a mother. Some of them included her mental illness that plagued her from day to day. Some of it was learned behavior over the years, and some other limitations were from her self-medication and the consequences of that on her brain and her system. But she always, 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 despite her limitations, told me that mental illness stopped with me that this lineage of mental illness that we can look back generations and generations stopped with me, that God was breaking the cycle of mental illness and it began in my life. And now from an early age, she taught me scripture. And I should say from an early age and an early hour, she got me up and she had me memorizing scripture. And one of the first scriptures I can remember learning was this. In 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you can just try to wrap your mind around how much an impact that had on our story, 
See, my mom believed that because of her decision in commitment to Jesus Christ, that she was a part of a new family, that she was a new creation. And because of that, she was creating a new lineage. A new story was being told. Now, my mom never married once, she was, uh, once I was reunited with her. And from time to time, I would ask her why, and I would question that. And, and she would always tell me, you don't settle for a man that you have to drag out of bed to seek Jesus with you in the morning. <laughs> and she never, she never married, but, but that nugget of wisdom stuck with me. She was preparing me for my future before I even knew it, and even out of her own limitation. She also did this spiritual exercise with me. I can remember this from being four or five years old. She would stand facing me, and she would tell me that no matter what comes my way in life, that good ought to come back. And throughout the years of my life, she would give me age-appropriate examples of this. Let's say someone insults you, Amy. What comes back? And I would have to be able to articulate what would come back, what would be good. And as I got older and older, I would roll my eyes at this exercise, but she, would, she was relentless on this. Amy, no matter what comes your way, good comes back, because she knew this God truth that is found in 1 Peter 3.9. Do not repay evil, with evil, or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit, inherit a blessing. You see, my mom was laying a foundation for a new lineage, for a new story for me. Now, there were hard days. There were hard days, and I could stand here and I could tell you about all those hard days and all the bad things, but today I choose to honor my mom. And you here, sitting here today, you have been called as well to create a new lineage. And maybe you didn't recognize that until today, or maybe you didn't have the words put to it before today. But through Jesus, you can break the cycle in your family. We all have cycles in our lineage that have been passed down to us that are not our fault. But through Jesus Christ, you today can begin to break that cycle. You no longer have to do Y because X was done to you. Your past does not dictate your future. And though you might not tell yourself that every day, it is the soundtrack of your mind. And you need to know the truth of God today is that your past does not dictate your future. And maybe the only thing that was handed to you from generations before was curse. Maybe it wasn't blessing. Maybe you don't feel like you had a good start or maybe you're still grappling with what was passed down to you. But I have something to tell you today because I know it from my story that God has got you covered. And when you enter his family through his son, Jesus Christ, you inherit everything that Jesus has. You inherit things that are beyond your family line. You inherit 
more than you deserve because that's how family works. And so a large part of my development was learning what it meant to inherit this blessing that was greater than my biological lineage. And I began to revel in the joy of that blessing as I went into adulthood. And part of that story is coming here to Marquette, marrying a godly man. You see, all of those things that my mom was telling me, even though she wasn't married, she was preparing my heart for a godly man. Now, in my teenage years, I tried to find everything else than, you know, that was not what she had told me, but I distinctly remember this moment in college when Preston and I weren't yet dating and we were friends. And my roommate, who was my best friend at the time, said, when are you guys gonna make this thing official? And I'm like, what are you talking about? We're just friends, we're like not even into each other. And she goes, you do recognize that he's everything that your heart wants, right? You just need someone to tell you. And those were the things that my mom had, had planted in me. You see, I felt so blessed as I got married. I felt so blessed in, in our relationship and moving here and, and having a ministry and having health. I remember this moment where Preston and I were out on Lake Superior in a canoe and I was just sort of caught up in, in the moment uh, and the beauty all around. And I remember telling him, I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed in life. And as we moved on from Marquette and, and moved to Wisconsin, we, we got pregnant and we had our first son. And I remember thinking when we found out that we were having a boy, that I was blessed with raising a next generation of men, even though I didn't have a godly example of what that looked like. And I just remember being, I can't even put words to that feeling, because that was my testimony, that I was blessed beyond the curse. And I felt so strong in that blessing. And for 15 years, I felt so strong and so blessed in what God had given me. But my story wasn't over, and God was still writing it. A couple years after having our first son, uh, we got pregnant again, and we found out that this one was going to be a girl. And I was so excited because uh, pregnancy was really rough for me, and I was sick all the time, and um, it, was, it was just wasn't, it was hard. And uh, so I was so excited that we had a girl and a boy and we could feel like accomplished and all right, good. And uh, we, you know, just bringing her into the world, was, there was so much joy in that. But it was around, about around the age of two uh, that I started to notice the difference in my mothering relationship between my son and me and my daughter and me. You see, the relationship between me and my daughter brought things to the surface in me that I didn't even realize were there. And so as I would begin to struggle in, in, uh, in my relationship and in my interactions with my daughter, I began to have flashbacks to when I was a child 
and the struggles that I had with my mom. And my interactions with my daughter would, would bring up these repressed feelings that I had. And it was like they put a spotlight on fears that were deep within me. And this internal battle that I struggled with in parenting my daughter was, was about a four-year internal battle that I did not articulate uh, very well or very much externally. About until one year ago, I raised the white flag of surrender and admitted to my husband that I was facing debilitating anxiety and depression on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think this was from years of just not knowing how to deal with internal stress from my parenting relationship and as well as other areas of my life. Because I had believed this time, I had believed all this time that God could not meet me in my struggle with things that I was sure he had already overcome in my life. The lies we tell ourselves and may not even know it. And I began expressing my feelings to my husband and, and my aunt, who's like a second mom to me. And at this one moment, she just looked me in the eyes and she said, whatever your story is, it's okay. It doesn't have to be your mom's story. And it was in that moment that I began to feel such freedom to be honest with what was going on in the inside. Because up until that point, another lie that I believed was that God couldn't use me in my brokenness. He couldn't use me in my struggle with my mental health. He couldn't use me in my struggle with parenting and all the feelings that that brought up from my past. He couldn't use me in the brokenness that I didn't have a solution for. I actually felt that I didn't have worth if I wasn't helping others in ways that I felt they needed. You see, somewhere along the line of this joy of blessing, I had developed pride in the blessing. And sometimes we think of pride as being real puffed up, like we can spot a proud person. Or sometimes we think that if we just self-deprecate or we insult ourselves and bring ourselves down, then we're not dealing with pride. But that's not the case. You see, pride is a deceptive blinder because it blinds you from your brokenness so that you cannot see what you need. You cannot see what it is you need. And I couldn't articulate what I needed. But Jesus has a different story. And Jesus announces to us how his story works, how life with him works. He says it like this, that there is a blessing in brokenness because blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, blessed are the spiritual zeros. Blessed are the spiritually bankrupt. Moms, you'll like this. Blessed are those who feel like their bucket is empty. 
that it's been poured out and it's so empty that they don't even have the energy to fill that bucket up again. Blessed are those because you know you need something. And to you is the kingdom of heaven. It belongs to you. You see, what that means is that everything that Jesus had access to is yours, that you have access to. And motherhood is a gift because it is an opportunity to see our limitations and our brokenness. And if it's not motherhood for you, there are other opportunities that you have in your life that are a gift because they allow you to see firsthand your brokenness and your limitations. Because brokenness is a blessing in the sense that it positions you to receive from God. And until you accept the blessing of brokenness, you will continue to beat yourself up over your limitations. You will stay stuck in the trap of comparison and you will spin your wheels wondering what it is that you could ever do to be enough to meet your own expectations and to meet the expectations of others. And so I wanna do a visualization with you today and I need you to join me in this. And so I ask everyone across this room to just close their eyes for the next few minutes. For those of you in the hub and in any overflow area, I, I invite you to do this as well. Just close your eyes because I want you to use your mind's eye. Now as your eyes are closed, I want you to visualize a limitation of yours. Visualize an area in your life that you feel you just don't measure up. An area that you feel broken. Now go ahead and visualize that and hold it in your mind. Now once you have that, with your eyes still closed, I want you to imagine taking a black Sharpie marker and circling that limitation that you see. Just put a big, black circle around it. Now I want you to keep that circle in your head. And keeping your eyes closed, just take your hands and lay them palm up on your lap. Take your hands with your eyes closed and lay them palms up on your lap. Now I want you to take the circle that's in your mind and keeping your eyes closed, I want you to take that circle and imagine yourself placing it in your palms. I want you to feel the weight of that using your imagination. Keep your eyes closed. I want you to picture yourself holding that thing you circled that represents your brokenness and your limitations. It's moved from your head to your hand. And with your eyes closed, I want you to answer the question to yourself. As you hold that in your hands, what is your response? Do you wanna discard it? Do you wanna close your hands and, and hide it from being seen? 
Or are you okay with receiving it? As your eyes are still closed and you're imagining holding this in your hand, I want to remind you that there is blessing in your brokenness. Because at the core of the thing you hold in your hand is a need. It is a need that you have. And when you begin to recognize your need specifically, God will say to you, watch what I can do with that thing in your hand. You can open your eyes. The moment you learn that there is blessing in your brokenness is the chapter of your life that you realize there is a better author than you for your story. It is the moment you hand the pen over to God and say, you write my story. You see, this last year of mine has been a year of choosing joy in my brokenness. You see, brokenness is not our identity. It's not the end of our story. But it positions us for something greater than ourselves. When we learn that we're not the hero of the story, Jesus is the hero of the story, and we're the protagonist that he changes, it starts getting exciting. And so as I began to see my need, this year became a year of radical soul care. You see, in our culture today, we understand escape, but we don't understand soul care. We understand breaks and binging on Netflix or getting away from things, but we don't really understand soul care, and that's why I say it's radical. Over the last year, through recognizing my need, I've changed my job. I started seeing a therapist. I started taking serious silence and seeking God in the silence. I even went on a silent prayer retreat. I began to listen to my body and what it was telling me about stress in my life. It has been a year of discovery and joy. And as I have practiced silence in preparation for today, I asked God, what is it that you specifically want to say to the moms here? And this is what I felt that he whispered to me in my spirit. Don't stand as judge of yourself. It's not your role. And as you imagine that limitation in your hands, moms or anyone, did you judge yourself? You see, this kind of role just produces guilt, which is not life-giving. And God is the only good judge. So God says to you today, ask me what you do well. I will remind you. See, we think our brokenness disqualifies us from having a great story. But this line of thinking doesn't match with scripture. I used to hide my limitations. I was one that wanted to cut my hands around my limitation. But I am finding that there is joy in being open with them. The Apostle Paul, who could be argued uh, as the, the most influential Christian that there ever was, 
There was a time in his ministry that he was being cared to other super apostles of his time. Moms, can you relate? Being compared to other super moms out there? Men, women, can you relate to just feeling compared to other people um, who just seem to be doing better than you? Well, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 tells his listeners that, that he could defend himself with all of his spiritual qualities, but in the end, that doesn't really matter. What he said set him apart from other super apostles. What defined him was that he was keenly aware of his brokenness. And he said that God said this to him. It's recorded in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But he, God, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul concludes, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, I then am strong. In our weakness, we are strong through Jesus. Like Paul, like me, you have a story. You have a story, but who is the author of your story? I would tell you today that God is the greatest story creator, and he wants to write your story. A story that is beyond more than you can ask for. It is beyond your greatest imagination and dreams. And for you women who are here today, we need each other in our stories. We need each other in our stories. And when you came in, I hope that you, you got three hair ties. And I ask that you put them on your wrist like this at some point today. And here's what I want you to do with these. I want you to give them away and I want you to receive them. Starting today, tomorrow, and throughout the week as God leads you. Because we need each other in our stories and we need to be life givers with our words. Women, we need to speak life to other women. And so as you feel a prompting or as you have an idea, I want you to take one off of your wrist as we exit and later throughout this week, and I want you to speak words of life to another woman, and then I want you to give her that bracelet. It looks like this. It looks like going to someone in your life, like Veronica, and saying something like, without crying, maybe you can cry, <laughs> you have always been a spiritual mother to me, and you take in women without hesitancy to be their spiritual mom, be beyond your own limitations. And for that, I love you. <laughs>
And it could be as simple as you rock the dress you're wearing. You look beautiful. <laughs> and it could be to those who you know will hate hearing the words, like Sherry, that you and Ray discipled Preston and I when we were here without parents. And you talked about hard things with us that others wouldn't. And for that, I appreciate you, Sherry. Now the hardest part comes when you have to receive <laughs> a bracelet. But women, the beauty of our souls are put on display when we receive. We were created to be receivers. And so receive words when they're given to you and take that bracelet, that hair tie, and put it on your wrist and let it be a reminder of the words of life that God himself would say to you. Now to all of you this morning, where did my story intersect with yours? Where did my story intersect with your story? What is the new thing that God wants to do in you today? What is the new thing that God wants to begin in you today? Take note of it, listen to it, reflect on it. Let's close in prayer this morning. Will you bow your heads with me? God, God, I thank you that you love us completely, that you love us with the love of a father and a mother. And so today we rest in that. But God, I pray for each person here this morning and their story, the story that they represent and God, I pray that you would whisper to them, that you would put something on their heart or in their mind that they know is far beyond them. A word, a sense, an innovation of something new that is only from you. And God, from today on, I pray that there would be new lineages in families of Silver Creek. God, that are, are far beyond, that are far greater than the past because of your son, Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just have one more thing that I want to say to you this morning. So when we see two lines intersect, and we begin to know that there is something new that is within us, there is a line that we need to cross. God is a God of decision, and he is always moving on our behalf. He is always moving towards us. But that, that demands a response from us. And I pray that today would be a line-crossing day for you. Maybe that line is saying, I need to get into the family of God. 
I need to step across the line and say, I need to, I need to begin to understand what it means to have a heavenly father. I need to understand what, what you're talking about, what this inheritance means. If that's the line you need to cross today, then make that decision right now in your heart and in your mind. And maybe that line for you is that it's a point of no return. I know what my past holds, but I need to step across the line and say, no longer does that control me. I am moving forward in a new lineage. I will be the one in my family that breaks the cycle through the power of Jesus Christ. If that is your line today, then I pray that you would cross it. There is a red card in the back of your seat pocket, and it says decide on it. You see, when we begin to understand something that's going on in the inside and we begin to write it out, there's movement in us. There's action in us. And so I encourage you and I challenge you to write down if there is a line that you're crossing today and hand it to an usher. Come hand it to me. I would love to talk to you. I know that any of the pastors here would love to talk to you as well. But don't leave today without crossing a line that you need to and telling someone about it. You are blessed today. Have a very happy Mother's Day.